Radio Raheem with Danny Jacobs. Uh, yet another big card for you, man. Uh, but like you said from the podium, I felt the different energy even when you walked in the room. Uh, everyone in life deals with loss, but in a unique way in the sport that you're still campaigning in, it has to be a difficult adjustment. I, I can't imagine uh, what that's like losing a friend and a friend in a sport that you're still working in. He just like let that off a little bit and just talk to us like where your head and heart is at? Head and heart is in a heavy place. I mean, to be able to continue and strive and be happy in a sport that I know brung so much pain uh, in a sense where even though he loved what he did, you know, it was the actual thing that took him out. And it's unfortunate because the love and relationship that we had, that he had with so many different other people, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those sad, unfortunate situations. And you can never live life the same. When you have someone that impacts your life like that, you know, Patrick meant so much to me and in so many different ways. And we never had a million exchanges or encounters. But at the same time, it was, it was a very special and genuine connection. And I think only us will understand. But, you know, coming into boxing now, I look at it more as a, I won't say just a business, but, it's, you know, Boxing is boxing is cool. You know, boxing will chew you up and spit you out and, and, and look for the next best thing coming. So as much as I'm excited to get back into the ring and a campaign at 168, it's kind of a bittersweet moment for me because I realize the sport for what it is and I understand that, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just your loved ones and you, you know? So. Does it change the relationship you have with the sport in the sense that your task on the 20th is going to be the same as it's always been. Yeah. Not just to win, but right. to win a guy usually by hurting a guy right. and preferably by knocking a guy out. You don't know what happens after the knockout. You just do your best to get that moment. Does it give you any pause in knowing what you have to do to get to that moment? No, because at the end of the day, I still have another man on the opposite side trying to hurt me, trying to bring me damage. Uh, trying to stop my career, trying to stop me from feeding my family, so I have to protect myself. And I, and I like to give my fans a great show as well. So that motivation factor, as far as bringing my 100%, is not a worry for me. But you got to understand that the, the 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 love for the sport is probably a bit different. Um, I just truly, I just want to please the people that support me and and, and that are going to be there for me and continue this sport and thrive and be the best that I can possibly be. But to say that it hasn't had its effect on me would be a lie. Uh, but it does not change 100%. It does not change my motivation, if that makes sense. Uh, you talked about the Hall of Fame up there. Yeah. When fighters start talking about Hall of Fame, start talking about legacy, usually means they can see the end. Now that they're ready to go, but they know that that time is coming. Do you feel like you're now fighting to kind of get that final chapter to get to that legacy point where um, you're ready? I can't say that. Um, I've been talking about the Hall of Fame uh, for some years now, so it, it wasn't really something that I feel like I'm on a cusp of the end of my career. Now I want to start making that known. No, I've been talking about that because it's always been my main, one of my main motivations. And I think that uh, me accomplishing that and you know bringing that into existence and letting you guys know my drive and when it happens, if it happens, and you know you guys will see that I've been campaigning it for a long time. So what does 168 do for your legacy? What are the opportunities here that aren't at 160? Is the move for that, or is it just you, know, you don't want to make 160 pounds anymore? It's really just the fact that um, it's really exciting. Actually, it's the 
the stress that I put on my body. It's the losing of the weight, and it's the weighing in the next days, and it's so many things. I've been making 100, and, I mean, I fought 16, 17 years old at 165 pounds in the amateurs. So now I'm moving up to 168 pounds where I give myself freedom to, you know, not be weak inside the ring and be able to give my all. I'm sure the fans will appreciate it because they're going to see the Daniel Jacobs that they knew they can get because I hear a lot of fans say, you know, sometimes it's just he's missing something or, you know, he's he has to give a little bit more and it's that umph that they're expecting. And I have that grit. And I feel like if I'm 100%, um, inside the ring, weight-wise, nutrition-wise, going inside the ring, just physically in the best shape that you guys will be able to see that. And I think 168 pounds allowed me to do that. I asked Canelo this uh, just last week about being comfortable and not having to worry about the kind of stress you're talking about, making weight easily. Could it possibly be the best Danny Jacob we've ever seen simply because that element's removed? Well, I would hope so, and I do believe that you'll see a better version of me. Um, how long it takes to see the best, I'm not sure, because that obviously goes with the opponent that you have, the styles, like, you know, good, great guys, great opponent brings the best out of you. And I think Chavez may be at that point to where his skills can bring the best out of me, but we don't know. I'm just going in there and trying to do my very best. Lastly, what's the big fight for you? I mean, we've seen Canelo move up. He's got a, won a title at 68, now 75. Uh, a rematch could be in the offing for you. What's the what's the next goal there if you're at 68? Where do you get that shot? I'm, I'm very hopeful. This isn't by any means the ending of my career or the ending of big fights for me. This is still a new beginning. This is a new chapter. I'm, I'm starting at 168 pounds where there's a whole bunch of different other champions and good potential fights to be made. I mean, this is the first fight that I'm making with you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You know, that's a big fight in itself. So I know that there's opportunity. I know that they're great talent um, in all of the 168 pound division. And I'm just looking forward to finding my, finding my way, um, campaigning, making my mark, and um, seeing where it goes from there. But I'm excited, man, I really am. It's just, man, boxing have so many different opportunities. So if 160 didn't work out for me physically, I didn't feel my best. I feel like I have another opportunity to move up and show my skills. Because regardless of what, I still have fans. I still have people who support me who want to see me inside the ring, whether it's 168 or 160. But I do feel like I'll be able to give my best and be my best version at a, at a bigger weight. We're at this point in boxing where there are a lot of young talent getting yet not proven or brand new champions, guys vying for that top spot, that throne, that pound for pound number one. Uh, after what's affected you with Patrick Day and the kind of experiences you've had for such a long time in boxing, what would be your advice to that next generation that may be affected by what they saw in the Patrick Day situation and just yeah. knowing what you know I about mean, boxing? It's really just more than just uh, the death that I experienced. I mean, it's really just seeing boxing in, in the boxing world, not the fans and the people that support us, but just everyone inside of the boxing world and just how un like how unfair the sport could be, you know, from the aspect of where the fans don't understand and don't see, you know, that I understand and I know. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, boxing could be unforgiving. And I know that I have a family I always want to go back home to. I know that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that's when who's going to be there when it matters most, you know, and they're not going to leave me or leave my corner because I took a loss or because I can't provide, you know, and that's boxing. Radio Raheem with Danny Jacobs, December 20th against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. 
in Arizona. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Appreciate the time. Radio Raheem, Danny Jacobs. At home, we have floods where I live right now. The sun's shining, so I'm probably hated by, by the people in my area because I'm out in the summer having a good time. I know, I made the epic fail of not bringing sunglasses or of wearing this damn coat right now. I thought for some reason it was indoors, inside the staples, not outside the staples. You know what gets me? So this is back to front. You've got two novices that have managed to get the world's media interested to the point where we're in at the Staples Center in America, uh, and you've got two world champions boxing on the card. I see Baden Jack over there, uh, an NFL player wants to come to watch the fight, not just the fight, the curiosity of what's happening with Logan Paul and KSI. What we can learn from this, so let's not get make the mistake. This is about the numbers. These guys have tapped into something to get the numbers there. That's why the world's media is here. So we need to understand what they're doing so we can learn from our sport. So we're not saying these guys are going to be the next Chagrin and the next Muhammad Ali. We're saying these guys have tapped into something that we can profit from. And you've got the likes of Devin Haney, Billy Joe Saunders, that are happy to box on the undercard because that means more people are going to see them. I did a piece yesterday. It got a million views because of these young men. So you've got to understand the boxing purists are saying this is wrong. Why are we, why are we supporting this? Let's learn from this because this is the future for our game. For our game to, to, to promote for the fight, for fights, to promote themselves so everyone knows who they are so they can do events like this. What do you make of Logan Paul saying that he is really heavily considering the the idea of him going into the UFC and trying out MMA? Nah, you see, you say a lot of things before a fight. And these guys don't understand the commitment it takes. So they've trained, Logan Paul's trained for almost a year for this fight. So that means you've got, if you really want to box, you want to fight, you want to get into a, some kind of combat sport, you've got to commit your heart and soul into it. And you've got to forsake everything else. So unless he's willing to forsake everything else he's doing, for little reward right now, you're never going to do anything apart from get hurt. So these are great aspirations, great ideas, great hopes. But in reality, stay in your lane, son. Stay in your lane. That's what he's going to do. Now we know we have Billy Joe Saunders on the undercard. Um, you know, it's no disrespect to Coceres because obviously we never, ever want to overlook, an especially an undefeated fighter at that. Um, but the big fights that we want to see him are, are against the likes of like Callum Smith, Triple G, Canelo. Uh, what is the likelihood, do you think, in your opinion, that we're going to be able to see uh, one of those fights hopefully next? Well, well Michelle, Billy needs these things. This fight Saturday is more dangerous for Billy than it would be fighting a Callum Smith or, or Canelo because, because he knows what he's capable of doing, because he knows how good he is, therefore his guard's going to be dropped to be taking it easy. He might not perform up to par like he did in his last fight. But when he's up against it, he produces cameos of brilliance of what he can achieve. So he needs the challenge. He needs the threatening fights. He needs the fights where he is probably the underdog 
for him to box good. These are the dangerous fights for him Saturday night. Uh, and so, so but the chances of him getting in with Smith or whatever are very strong because he's now with Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn can negotiate that and get that together. Uh, the zone, uh, I, I hear uh, Canelo may be interested in him. It's a fight that he'd be interested in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, the possibilities there. Billy needs to make sure every fight means something. These kind of fights, yes, he needs to cover fight. He needs to cover fight, but he needs fights that mean something. And uh, but he's got to win as well. The WBC has officially made uh, Devin Haney the official champion. Uh, I, 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 I myself get confused yeah. with all the supers and then the silvers and the, and the different um, titles that they're throwing around. But um, just in general, within each organization, what do you make of the whole uh, franchise title? And what do you think that that does for boxing? Well, no fighter wants to win his title over the phone or on the stage. You want to win your title in the ring when you fought one round, 12 rounds, and you deserved it. You put your, you put your heart and soul into it. So therefore, getting it that way, I, I don't think Devon will really appreciate and really really be thankful for what he's got until probably after Saturday night and think, right, now I'm world champion because I've done something to deserve it. I think the governing bodies are confusing not just the, the boxing fans and boxing purists, but the casual fans as well have one champion. Uh, I understand having an interim champion there because that was hard to accept. But now you've got all these other kind of champions that they're, they're introducing. So basically saying, well, who is the best? Who, who are you saying is a champion? They're just shooting themselves in the foot. And it's not just them that's doing it. Other covering bodies are doing it as well. But then it's down to the TV companies to say, we are not going to promote or, or recognize or, or, or sing the praises of this title that you're trying to attach it to. Or if a fight is big enough, like Mayweather was at one time, uh, he'll say, look, I don't, I don't care about the title. I'm yeah, fighting him. Yeah. Let's see who's more inter yeah. see who's, uh, who people interested in your title or me. That can happen. Now today we got the, a fight between Danny Jacobs and uh, who this is Savage Jr. announced. There was a bit, you know, controversy just over the last week with Chavez Jr. Uh, rejecting, trying to take a drug test. What do you make of that whole situation? And do you actually think this fight is actually going to, we're actually going to see it happen? Yeah, first of all, uh, rejecting, uh, trying to take a drug test. I don't get that because you think all of a sudden you're putting, a, you're putting the spotlight on you. People say, but why? What is the problem? You know, and you hear certain fighters saying they've, they've changed their eating habits and diets just to cover their, their drug taking, whatever it is. It happens in our sport, but, but, but it needs to be stamped out. It needs to be, the, the spotlight needs to be shown on these fighters to say, look, this is what you do. If you want to compete in our sport, this is what you're going to do. If you don't, you're out. End of story, because it's not until somebody legally gets killed by a drug chief and that person is prosecuted by the police that our, our, that our sport- But isn't it sad that it has to get to that point for things to change? Unfortunately, it might have to be, have to get to that point because nothing else is done. How many, I fought three drug cheats. One of the drug cheats I fought, he, I, I beat him. He was found to fail the drugs, uh, failed uh, his drug test and then went on to win the world title before me. So you understand, so, and, and our, our sport doesn't help itself. So unfortunately, the measures have to get to that point where, where, where somebody gets seriously hurt and there's, there's, there's prosecution for the drug cheat. That's what's going to happen in our sport. It's intriguing. I, I, uh, I, I, was, I, I said to the guys earlier on, Kovalev boxed um, uh, Canelo the other week. I said, do not be surprised 
if Andre Ward stepped out of the shadows and said, give me someone. Hey, listen, DAZN are putting some amazing fights on, you know, like some eye, some eye raisers. Don't be surprised because if they offer him enough dough, yeah. that could happen. If they offer, if they offer him enough dough That's and he looks in great shape. Yeah, but there's also talk of Canelo going to cruiserweight. I know he, he sort of teased us with that. Uh, what do you make of him? him well, how would he do against the bigger boys? Yeah, yeah, listen, it's possible. It's been done in the past where fighters from middleweight have jumped up to heavyweight on one title. It's possible. And Canelo has not shown, bar when he boxed at Mayweather, has not shown any chinks in his, his, his armor. And he's looked brilliant and improved every time. And that's why they want the big fights. He's talking about stepping up to cruiserweight and fight for it. He wants the big fights, he wants the star-studded fights. And I'm saying a ward is a big fight. Yeah, yeah, uh, for, for, and if, if, if he's talking about stepping up to cruiserweight and, and it's a chance of him winning the title, why not? That's me you sweating. You literally have a bug on yeah. yeah. It's But the thing is, the guys are big. Look at Lawrence Colley we have in the UK. Now, I'm telling you now, it doesn't matter how good the Canelo is, if you're up against a big, awkward, lanky opponent like Lawrence Colley, this guy just needs to put his hand. How are you going to get close to him? Yeah, yeah. So, so he needs to, you need to pick your battles wisely. All right, Johnny, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it per usual. Any final words? Uh, I'm in the sun, people. I'm in the sun. <laughs> All right, Johnny, thank you. Bye, Fight Fans. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here, or else. prepare to make your American debut here. How would you describe your first week here in the United States? Listen, it's uh, the fans and all the Americans have been very loving of me, so Saturday night I'm going to put a good show, hopefully a knockout, so tune in, it's going to be a good show, and uh, watch me do the business. Yeah, that was a nice prediction there, a knockout prediction for Billy Joe Saunders, a whole new audience to introduce yourself to. If you could describe Billy Joe Saunders in one quick sentence, how would you do so? A sexy motherfucker. Enough said, ladies and gentlemen. Real quick, I think we should probably end the interview on that note. But what can we expect to see from you in the ring tomorrow night? You can see silky skills. You'll see the best coming from the UK. So tune in. Don't miss it. God bless everybody. Let's hear it for the sexy mofo. This is Andy Perot from Boxing Social in association with Betfred. It's very late on Friday night ahead of tomorrow, but I'm delighted to be joined by promoter Eddie Hearn. Eddie, how are you feeling ahead of what should be an interesting night of boxing? I'm a little bit nervous because like, people are lining up to slate us, do you know what I mean? And I think it's going to be a really good show. I think it's going to be a mix of some world championship boxing, celebrity, glitz, glamour, and two geezers having a fight who are average but desperately want to win. So I'm excited. At this stage, it's kind of like the tracking, the numbers. Like I explained to you yesterday, that's what everyone's looking at. Sky Sports did a stream in a weigh-in. It was their biggest ever stream that they've ever done. Like of all sports, not of boxing, ever. 
So everyone's smashing numbers, records, you're doing it. Hopefully we do it tomorrow night. Hopefully we have a good main event and a good undercard and hopefully everyone coming enjoys it. I know you've taken a fair share of stick for agreeing to promote this fight, but when you do consider the numbers, has it kind of just opened up your eyes even more to maybe expanding into this type of a market? Or? Uh, do you know what I said to you the other night? Like, if you start um, sort of making decisions based on criticism of certain individuals, then maybe you'll make bad decisions. This is something that I'm, I'm really, I was intrigued about and I want to see where it leads to. And, and basically, where I mean leads to, everything will be determined at about midnight tomorrow night when we leave the arena and we get the response of people. That response comes from, yes, the numbers, but also what everybody thinks of it. Do you know what I mean? It could do unbelievable numbers, but it could be terrible. So I may leave there tomorrow night and go, I'm never doing this again. Or I may leave there and go, fuck me, this is unbelievable. So I've got an open mind, as you have to have, in business and in life. We'll see where it takes us. I mean, one thing I did see yesterday, you had a little meeting with Jake Paul after the press conference. I know he's had some talks with Anderson Gibb previously about maybe having a, their own YouTuber meeting. Was there anything along the lines discussed there? Yeah, we're looking at it. I mean, like I said, there's going to be a huge amount of subscribers joining the zone tomorrow night. How do you keep them? How do you keep them interested in boxing? Um, you know, the answer is probably uh, dropping maybe a fight on an undercard with Jake Gibb and uh, Jake Paul and Anderson Gibb. Who knows? But again, to be honest with you, tomorrow will tell us everything we need to know. If the numbers are huge, and um, if the numbers are huge and people enjoy it and it puts a smile on people's face, why not? I'll go on there. I mean, one thing I do want to pick up on, just talk, touching on yesterday, a lot of people commenting on the interview that with me, myself and you did, saying that you seem to maybe be distancing yourself from this fight with regards to your response on the back of uh, KSI's comments about wanting to end Logan Paul. Into you did 100k, which yeah, did quite well. I can't, but. I can't distance myself from the fight because I'm promoting it. But I, th I don't have to agree with what people say. And I don't have to be proud of what people say. So, and, and in that respect, they said things that I felt disrespected boxing. So I'm not a puppet master, you know, I, I do what I want to do, um, but I, um, I didn't like what they said, but I know what they meant, you know? I'm, I'm in a proper interview over here. Eddie and just digging out IFL TV there? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I don't represent these guys. I don't have to defend them. When I represent you, sometimes I will defend you when all the chips are down, do you know what I mean? It's my job. I'll have your back. I don't represent these guys. doesn't mean I don't back them because I like them and I appreciate what they've done. But if they say the wrong thing, I'll tell you and I'll tell them. And they know because KSI apologised for it. I know what he meant, but it was just a bad choice of words. Just to touch on today as well, it was obviously an altercation between Vidal Riley and Shannon Briggs. What's your knowledge of what happened? I've seen a few videos. Like they've been at it all week, haven't they? You know, it's boiling point now. You know, everybody's ready to fight. Let's just get in a ring. Let the entertainment begin. Let the drama unfold. Let everybody get out safely and uh, shake hands after and move on. I mean, what, what exactly can we expect from 
two novices tomorrow night. I mean, but some people are going on like it's not happened before. You know, we've seen it before and it was good. It was entertaining. But like I said, it weren't world-class boxing, but it was decent. And I think you'll see both guys are better this time than they were last time. You have to be, right? But with the, I don't know if you know, there's 10 ounce gloves, can you? Yeah, and no head guards as well. That will make a big difference in the fight. So, and I think that that's why I don't think it will go the distance. Also, just want to touch on Billy Joe Saunders. I said to Adam Smith yesterday at a press conference, it's, nobody can doubt the quality that he has and the talent as a fighter. But he hasn't had that American exposure. He's after the Canelos, the Golovkins, etc. How much pressure is there on him tomorrow to deliver a performance that will catapult his name over on these shores? Sometimes if you look too good, you don't get the big fights, you know? Um, he needs to win and he needs to win well, you know? And uh, he knows that. I, I think he's trying not to put too much pressure on himself because ultimately you just want to win. Um, so I think... Uh, if he can win by knockout, amazing. Get the win and try and move forward for that Canelo fight in 2020. You've obviously been very vocal about David Haney as well, and the, like, the likes have seen it, but how much you'd like to see him in with Vasyl Lomachenko at some point in the near future. Given Vassil's plans to try and unify moving back down, do you see it as a realistic possibility that he will face Devin Haney? He can't be undisputed unless he does. So let's get the win tomorrow night. Devin Haney's going to be around for a long time. He's an exceptional talent. So uh, I'm excited to see him tomorrow. He's got a real fight tomorrow. You know, people think that it's just an easy fight, knockover job, but it's not. It's going to be a tough fight. This kid's here to win. And I'm looking forward to seeing him action. And obviously, we missed you earlier at the press conference announcing Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Danny Jacobs. Just talk to me Where about that guys? fight. Well, we was planning on getting you after him and you blew us off, Eddie. You You're too big time for us. Oh, no, you did come to the press conference. Okay, well, I'll take it back. Yeah, it was good. Listen, I like Julio. I've got a bit of a soft spot for him because he's been through some shit. He's had some ups and downs. He's vulnerable. Uh, he can fight. He's a big name. It's a good fight for Danny Jacobs. A big fight for Phoenix. Roll on December 20. Danny Jacobs' first fight, obviously, up at super middleweight. What was the thinking and the decision behind Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.? Um, big name, good fighter, 168. Big uh, Mexican uh, subscriber base on the zone. Chavez is like loved, hated, but you got to watch him. So, uh, looking forward to December 20. Now, I know you named a few fights on that undercard and he's planning on it. Can you just repeat those words because I can't remember who you said? Julio Cesar Martinez against Christopher Rosales, Maurice Hooker. Maybe Dillian White, uh, probably Luke Campbell, uh, lots more to come. And the final question I just wanted to jump before I do let you enjoy your night, Ed. Scott Quigg pulling out of the John O'Carroll bout with an injury. What, what happened there with his shoulder? He's had an elbow injury. Same elbow that he injured before. He's been out for over a year now. Going to reschedule that fight for January or February. And uh, we're going to replace that fight potentially with Dillian White. We're looking into that over the weekend. There'll be an announcement next week. Who would you say at this early stage you would be looking out for Dillian if he was to be able to get back onto that car? Shannon Briggs. Oh, I can't tell, I was going to say, these days I don't know whether he's done the glory. Listen, it's not going to be a top five, top ten guy, but it'd be a credible fight. Well, Eddie, and I want you to enjoy your night now. You've had a busy week. Thanks for being myself for Boxing Social. Okay.
This is Andy Proff, Boxing Social Association with Betfred, and what's going on? I'm joined by Adam Smith, head of Sky Sports Boxing. Adam, an eventful uh, way in to say the least. What was your take on the, the day we've just had? Well, it's been an eventful week, hasn't it? We've just come off the live stream. I had Joe Weller and uh, Gibb and Ethan Payne along with Matt and Johnny. And, you know, this sort of mixture of worlds has been really fun this week. And uh, we've learned a lot about the YouTube world and they've learned a lot about boxing. And I think what I love about it is the fact that all the YouTubers have huge respect for boxing. You know, they love it. They've chosen our sport. They, they, they can't wait to see Devon Haney and Billy Joe and all the kids on the card. But obviously they are really, really sort of, you know, focused on on their guys, KSI and Logan Paul, because of their world and how it affects it, um, especially for the loser. But it's been really interesting. Yep, today was uh, loud, atmospheric, great, you know, bit of needle again between the two of them on stage. Nothing too unpleasant, but then obviously they had the, the little bit of a ruckus with Vidal and Shannon that we were hearing about. Actually, Shannon's cap uh, ended up uh, in one of my production staff's hands. So I don't know how that happened, but we were on the, the, uh, the stream at the time, so we didn't see anything. But look, they've been getting at each other all, all week. And uh, it's, it's a mix, isn't it? It's a mix of a couple of novices getting in a ring who everybody want to see fight. Um, just for the sort of the entertainment, the attraction, the, uh, the mad chaos of it. And you've got, you know, some real quality talent on the bill. Like we see, you know, week in, week out, um, the Nikita Ababis, the, you know, the um, Espinas. They're, they're really good fighters. And then Billy Joe and, and, and Devon in, in big fights. So, yeah, looking forward to it. You mentioned the likes of Joella and Ethan Payne in particular, who have both interacted with yourselves and Sky and done a lot of work with you so far this week. Has it kind of surprised you? By their commitment to the roles that you've given them for this week? Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good question because we, we had a, a not a similar event, but certainly a different event with Mayweather and McGregor a couple of years ago. And um, I decided to go into the UFC world and we, we hired Dan Hardy for the week. And okay, it was a boxing match, but Dan's a real boxing fan. And actually working with him, we got the sort of fitness, nutrition, the sort of what they build up in the UFC world and the promotional side of it uh, mixed with our world. So actually we commentated with Paulie and Dan together and it was, it was a really great week and it was interesting and I um, I sort of talked to people that knew the YouTube world obviously not just my kids who love it but actually people that sort of worked with these guys before and you know Joe Weller's name kept coming up and, and Joe obviously started this whole thing so he's been absolutely fantastic to have all week he's a great guy he's a great communicator they all are uh, Ethan's been a, a, a brilliant addition as well we've had Gib coming in from Hawaii today I know Toby Jizzles around they're all here but yeah I think you know Ethan and Joe have, have built a real rapport together on, on the street that we've done and uh, it'd be really good to hear from them in commentary tomorrow night. Now we've also had a few kickoffs, shall we say, after the, the weigh-in. Did you catch any of it? You seem to be in particular Shannon Briggs and Vidal Royley getting caught up in and amongst it once again. No, I didn't. I, uh, I was I was on the live stream at the time, so we were on one side. So I mean, I saw the commotion, but uh, I mean, is it all handbags? I don't know. Look, Shannon Briggs and Vidal Royley have been going at each other for a while. I spoke to Vidal about it this morning, and you know what? He he's trying to remain cool, and maybe he didn't. I don't know. It obviously was a bit of fisticuffs, and that we all need a, we all need something, don't we, in, in fight weeks like this? But um, as long as no one got hurt, no one was, uh, the fight's still fine and everyone goes ahead and off we go, it's tomorrow night. We've seen it in the build up between Shannon and Vidal, this kind of continued to bubble over. They're safe down the line, 
a fight there was to be considered and made, would it be of interest to you? Because I know if there was talk of it previously. I don't know. I mean, look, let's take one thing at a time. I mean, we are we're moving into a new era here doing this. You know, KSI and Logan Paul for sort of half price on box office. It's uh, it's a big move for us, and uh, we're looking at a new demographic, a new marketplace. And you know, it's, to be honest, if we didn't do it, then somebody else would snap it up. So you know, let's just see how things develop. Let's get through tomorrow night. Let's see. You know, Gib wants to fight Jake Paul. There's all sorts of things out there. So. Uh, you know, we've got to remember, we've got Callum Smith and John Ryder and Deontay Wilder and Lewis Ortiz in a couple of weeks. Then you've got Monaco. Then you've got Ruiz and AJ, the biggest rematch of the year. So let's not forget what we're here for. We're here for boxing. We've got some great fights on the card tomorrow, some big names. And we've got the YouTube stars topping this sort of surprise package. This is great, Bill. And uh, look, we've got to embrace it. We've got to enjoy it. And uh, let's, let's hope. It's a decent fight uh, between the two of them. Um, I don't think we should expect too much. They're two novices. They've trained hard, but you know there's a lot of pressure, and there'll be a lot of nerves about losing the fight. So uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm expecting, obviously at its level, something quite decent. But let's uh, let's just hope for that. And my final question, just away from this card, we had the fight announced today: Danny Jacobs versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Your thoughts on that fight? Yeah, really interesting fight. I mean, Chavez brings a massive name, doesn't he? You know, he always does. And you know, Danny Jacobs has got to come back from the Canelo defeat. And I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good match. Uh, and it's just before Christmas. So we've got a lot of fights after uh, Saudi Arabia. When we come back from AJ, we've got a, a next gen. We've got a uh, uh, golden contract. We've got all sorts of things. There's a Barcelona show as well. So much happening. And then we've got the Danny Jacobs fight. So there's a lot happening on Sky, uh, or certainly for Matchroom. And uh, we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll be pretty tired by Christmas, Andy. <laughs> Well, we certainly will be. I can imagine why it's going to be like, but I will leave it there, Adam. I know you've got to shoot off. So thank you once again for giving up your time and speaking to myself and Boxing Social. No problem at all. See you tomorrow. Okay, this is Ben Furuki for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm here with the one and only Callum Smith. Callum, how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. Um, just had your media workout there. You, I spend a lot of time in the gym, and you always strike me as the as the quieter of the Smith brothers. So, uh, I, did you? I take it these things that aren't the easiest for you. Remember, everyone's you're the focus. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I don't. I've said before, I don't enjoy all this hard public workouts press conferences, I understand that it's something that needs to be done, but I'm, I'm quiet outside. Really. You're the introvert of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but to me, they have to be done, and I'm getting a little bit better. How do you find that, sort of, um, in terms of uh, being a boxer, and you have to sort of almost make a name for yourself, and you have to scream and shout sometimes to get fights? Do you think it's affected you at all in yeah, your career? Probably, listen, my profile probably could be bigger than what it is, but I've always just felt that. And I think I'm probably proof to other fighters turn professional that you don't have to listen, uh, you're a press conference, you don't have to shout and call every fan the dog out, you don't have to create this character to to, to sell fights. I think if you're good enough and you keep winning and you keep performing and make people want to watch you because you're excited, then you'll get to wherever you want to be. And it's not being the number one in the world by doing it my way, just performing in the ring. And so I've never had a you know, a bad bluff fight, I've never argued, I've never done anything like that and I've achieved what, what I wanted to so listen, obviously it helps in terms of profiles fighters have probably got fights in here money that they probably the, the ability didn't deserve but they were a bigger name because of you know, social media or because of the build to fight but 
I've always just felt that I've done it my way and I think if I was to start doing that now it'd be so out of character then people yeah. wouldn't buy it in. people wouldn't buy into it yeah, yeah. Um, fighting John Ryder on the 23rd um, tell me about camp how's camp gone camp's gone well it's been, it's been good uh, the gym's been busy there's other fighters fighting similar times obviously Carol last weekend and that's, that's the way I like it the gym's busy we always push each other we always make it that little bit better to come to the gym when you know other people are there doing the same thing as you and this camp's been all different, it's been busy, it's been good, but I've, I've got good work in with Joe and I feel we're improving. Obviously with it being Crowell's last fight, it must have been quite an emotional thing. Has that played on the camp or all affected it in any way? No, it's just been, listen, it's been good to train alongside him. He had a, he had a good camp and he's someone I've always liked training, I've always liked training alongside. He's, he's a true professional, he does everything right and as a, a fighter team professional, he was good to learn from and he showed me that to reach the top, you've got to live a good life. And listen, he's not the most naturally gifted, but he's maximised his potential by just being a true professional and doing everything correct. And listen, he's a good role model to look up to, not just for myself, but for anyone else to end professional. John Ryder wasn't perhaps your first pick when you when you were looking for this fight. Yeah. Um, has that sort of affected your motivation in any way going forward for the fight? No, listen, obviously, it, it, it's nice when you get mentioned alongside your Canelo's and your Golovkin's and them fighters, but a man's three is a man's three, and the, them fights, the big names are still there, but I've got to win November 23rd, so listen, this fighter must win more than ever, and I'm only going to get the fights with your Canelo's as a world champion, and I lose to John Rad and all that disappears, so I've, it's a big opportunity for him. I've got to expect the best version of him, but the best version of me beats anyone in the world at 168. Do you think it's important for you to, to make a statement in, in Liverpool and, and get the Liverpool fans really riled up for the idea of, of having a, an Anfield fight next year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Listen, the performance is always important to me. The win's the main thing, but I always like to perform and you know, make people come away and not just talk about the win, but talk about the performance and say, listen, he is the man to go and beat or whatever. And it's, the performance has always been a big factor for me, and especially now fighting in Liverpool for the first time in, in a couple of years. I don't want to go in and stink the place out and it's my first time fighting there as a world champion. So, listen, there is pressure, but I've always feel I've performed better under pressure. It's one of my biggest nights and my biggest tests of always where I produce the best performances and I feel this one will be no different. Without overlooking John Ryder, um, going forward, if you were to get that Anfield fight, you've got like Caleb Plant with the IBF, you've got Billy Joe, WBO, um, you've got Canelo, who's got the WBO yeah. regular, uh, who else have you got? Benavides. Out of those, what, what's your top pick? Listen, obviously Canelo, not for the WBA regular, but just he's the name in boxing, he's, he's the superstar, and I think there's a, there's a massive cue to, to get a fight with him, but listen, outside of him, there's a lot of other top fighters, the three you just named, title holders, they're all unbeaten, I'm unbeaten myself, so fights with each other, regardless of what way you make them, is a good fight, a very exciting fight, and unification fight is something, the goal where I've set myself and what I want to do and achieve in 2020, so... And I'll be on the phone to Eddie to try and deliver me one of their names next year. And the top fighters, but the fighters I believe I beat. Do you think Billy Joe's arguably the easiest one for you to make? Out I think of so, those? yeah, because we're both under the matching banner. I think the other two are PBC, which obviously complicates things a, a slight bit. But the Billy Joe one should be pretty simple to make. Do you think it's both. the trickiest out of those for you? Um, trickiest, probably, yeah, stylistically, but then there's other. Like, they all have strengths in different ways. Benavides is probably a, a much bigger puncher, but isn't as slick and a mover. They've all got different different styles, but 
they've all got world titles and I'd take either of them. It, it's no preference in which one of those three I can fight. It's just I, I want big fights. I want I want fights that motivate me and them three definitely do. Will you be keeping one eye on how Billy Joe performs this weekend? Um, yeah, and no, because I think he performed well because I don't think the opponent much. Listen, I've never seen him, but I've seen his record and he doesn't look the best. But listen, if he can come through his fight and I can come through mine, then I think you know, a possible fight next year is, is a massive fight for Britain. Carl Frampton said recently in an interview that he felt George Groves quit against you. Uh, what, what did you make of that of that comment? Um, I don't know. I think I think they've got their own little problems and they're probably having little digs at each other. I don't. I think they blocked yeah. each other as something someone was saying. But it's listen. It's a tough one. I've never never come out and said he quit. I wouldn't say any any fighter quit, especially off a body shot. It, you give a little bit more leeway. I said at the time. I think probably could have got up. But a lot of fighters can. It's getting up and fighting, which is the hard thing. But it's not wouldn't label him a quitter because he's listening. He has a tough career. He's come back from no other stuff, and you can never question his, his heart and his balls, so to speak. But yeah, I think that was just they must have their own little. Their own little, little yeah. right now. Um, okay, finally, Anthony Crawler last weekend his final fight. Um, how was it for you emotionally being his, his stable mate and training with him? Yeah, before? listen, it was, a, it was always going to be a big night. And I said before, it doesn't really feel much different now because even if he was still fighting, he'd be out the gym now anyway because he's just boxed so he's having a couple of weeks off. I think it's when he's due back in camp and he's not back in, that's when he'll start to feel the yeah. gym's quiet without him because he's a big big part of the gym, he's a big character. And yeah, I think he's been here the longest. So listen, he is, a, he is a, a big part of the gym and he's someone I've always enjoyed training with. But... Oh, he had a great career, he achieved everything and I'm sure he can be happy and content with what he did achieve. You guys are obviously very close-knit here, you're like a family. When when you lose someone like that, um, how, how yeah. does it how does it affect you? Yeah, listen, it, like I said, the gym would be a, a, a big hole and he was a big character in the gym, but knowing Crawler and knowing his lifestyle, I think he'll be in and out of the gym. Popping in all the time. Yeah, he's, you know, boxing's a big part of his life and I think he said he wants to stay involved in boxing in some way, so I think he'll always be in and out of the gym. And like I said, I class him as a friend as well as a gym mate, so I think we'll still keep in touch. There was a number of people online, and, and Matthew Mackle included, who, who thought he lost the fight on, yeah. on Saturday. What, what did you think of the scorecards? It was very close, to be honest with you. I thought some five all was, was, was probably a good shout, maybe 6-4 Crawler. You could argue 6-4 the opponent. It, it, was, it was a close fight. It wasn't the best performance from Crawler. I think he kind of just cemented his reason to retire. I think you know, a couple of years ago, he either went through that kid and probably took him out. So. It was probably a blessing in that sense, as in it's probably give himself closure. But it's not thought he he done enough late on to probably just nick it. But it was it's, it was a Very close fight. Right. I think it was more the scorecards would have. Been it was a one wide one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, one eight two to Crawler, which yeah. it was, ne it was never that score. But yeah. listen, I thought he had a, a terrible start, but I thought he, he pulled it back late on. Finally, if, if uh, could you go into your last fight knowing it was your last fight, or would you find it harder knowing that you've got to train through that camp and knowing that you're you're going to um, quit? Say quit I don't know. It, it's hard to. Unless you're in that position, it's hard to know whether you'd be able to motivate yourself knowing that nothing's going to come of it if you do win or nothing's going to come after it. It was just your last one. So I don't know, I think. But listen, he had a very good camp. His, his performance didn't reflect the camp he had. He had a very good camp. He sparred very well as well. So it's just one of them things on the night. He just didn't perform, whether it was a bad performance or whether he just he is that little bit past it. I don't know, but I say he, I think he's going to retire happy. He had a very good career. Will you be staying up to watch KSI on the weekend? 
No, no, I'll be getting <laughs> asleep. I might watch it in the morning or something. But listen, there's a lot of interest around it. I see both sides of the, of the arguments, but yeah. listen, good on them. I hope it's a good fight. I hope it's a knockout. They've got 10 ounce on, so yeah. I hope it's a good fight. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Callum, all the best. Yeah, Take care.